This is the Dallas Morning News. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're elevating how Texas banks. Texas Capital Bank. Member FDIC. TexasCapitalBank.com. Welcome to Sports Day Cowboys, a podcast all about the Dallas Cowboys, brought to you by the Dallas Morning News. I'm Calvin Watkins. And I'm Michael Gelkin, and we're two Cowboys beat writers having a real talk conversation about the latest with the team. This is the calm between two storms. Combine week is over, and free agency about to begin. Cowboys usually don't chase big-name free agents. When have they ever? But will this be any different? Also, the team has 19 players who are scheduled to become unrestricted free agents next Wednesday. How likely is each to return? We will go one by one. And it's never too early to talk draft, but we need someone to join us. Bo Marshanti, owner of collegeapro.com, sits down with Calvin a little one-on-one time to discuss potential fits for Dallas. It all begins next on Sports Day Cowboys. You have a three-year plan and a 30-year plan. At Texas Capital Bank, we've transformed our bank to offer solutions that will grow with you. From enhanced treasury management and corporate banking to personal banking and wealth management, we're dedicated to delivering the full-service support you need to secure the growth and success of your business. All from a full-service financial firm founded and headquartered in Dallas, Texas. Texas Capital Bank. Member FDIC. TexasCapitalBank.com. One of the main things Michael and I got from the NFL scouting combine was the Cowboys want some juice. Does that mean someone in free agency? Does that someone that's currently on the roster that's about to get paid by the team that they're going to bring some juice to the roster? Michael, what are they trying to do here? What's the deal? Yeah, let's define this. So I heard and you heard both that the Cowboys want to bring some more you call it juice, uh, more you know, more dynamism, uh, you know, a talent, at the, a weapon, a skill position type player. So they have C.D. Lamb, they have Tony Pollard, who the Cowboys placed a franchise tag on this week, but they want a, a third guy who's a true threat for opposing defenses. Mm-hmm. Now this could come in a number of directions. It could be a free agent, or it could be a veteran. Let's say that it could be a veteran. It could be a veteran you acquire via trade. It could be a veteran that you sign in for agency. It could be a young player, a rookie, someone you you draft. And it doesn't necessarily need to be a wide receiver. A tight end also could qualify, especially if, and we'll get to Dalton Schultz here in a little bit when we go one by one. But if the Cowboys move on from Dalton Schultz, you got Jake Ferguson, nice player, going into his second season. You got Peyton Hendershot, nice player, going into his second season. But maybe the Cowboys want to bring in a guy who they feel is like a Travis Kelsey type of guy, that type of potential, the next George Kittle, that sort of a thing. That would qualify 
as a juice or weapon or what have you. So I think it's a it's a pretty wide net and it could come in a different in different ways. But yeah, the Cowboys are continuing a, a an objective that they had last year and failed to really check off that box in terms of we moved on from Amari Cooper. We need an, another weapon. You know, obviously Jalen Tober didn't work out. Michael Gallup with the ACL, he wasn't ready. Uh, T.Y. Hilton was a late add-on after Odell Beckham Jr. didn't work out because he medically wasn't ready. So the Cowboys have been at this scene for a while. This offseason represents a real chance to check off that box. So someone with Pollard, with Lamb, who can be a threat to opposing defenses. That's juice. That's juice. Now let's let's go over some of the free agents here, one by one. And and uh, and let's start off at the top with Tony Pollard, who got the franchise tag. So he doesn't count. He doesn't count, right? He doesn't count. Uh, now I remember I wrote an insider for the Great Dallas Morning News about how this might be the end of Tony Pollard's days because running backs are disposable parts, and some would disagree and some would agree. But Tony Pollard's back for 2023. That's secure. Now Cooper Rush, I don't think he's coming back. He was he went five and one. With uh, excuse me, four and one when Dak Prescott was out with a fractured thumb. Um, Michael, your thoughts on on the backup quarterback? Yeah, I don't think Cooper Rush is coming back either. Maybe Los Angeles Chargers want him. He can reunite there with Kellen mm-hmm. Moore. Kellen Moore was is a big reason for the success that Cooper Rush has had. Uh, you know, I think he was banging that drum before Mike McCarthy was. So. Uh, I, I just don't think it's a it's a fit here really anymore. You know, ideally he'll be given an opportunity to compete for a starting job elsewhere. Uh, whether or not that's realistic that he'll uh, you know take that helm of such an opportunity, I, I don't know. But he deserves a shot. So uh, that shot isn't coming in Dallas. I think Cooper Rush goes elsewhere. Will Greer and a quarterback drafted in day three, so sometime in rounds four to seven. That's the way I think the quarterback position will look like when the Cowboys go into OTAs. And let's be honest, Will Greer was very competitive in training camp until he injured his groin, so he was really pushing Cooper Rush for the number two job. Now, Michael, there are three guys that I want to put them all together so we can kind of decipher this. Move it along. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's Noah Brown, T.Y. Hilton, and Dalton Schultz. Now, all three of these guys impact the passing game in some ways. Hilton, as everyone knows, was acquired later in the season. Noah Brown finally got on the field after – numerous, numerous injuries. And, of course, there's a great Dalton Schultz who was franchised last year, and I don't know if he'll come back or not. Michael, let's let's get, let's get the easy one out the way. T.Y. Hilton, what do you think? He's like 60 years old. Yeah, that's a no. I think he gave the Cowboys short-term relief. Uh, you know, he really stepped up at times in some critical situations, but I don't think the Cowboys are, are looking to return to that well. So not saying mm-hmm. it's totally dry, but I, I just don't think – T.Y. Hilton's coming back. Noah Brown, uh, he's, you know, I think he showed what he he is who many thought he was, which is a really, really good number four wide receiver who at times had to be the Cowboys' number two out of need or number three out of need. And that just wasn't really fair, I think, for Noah Brown. He's a number four type of guy, really sound special teamer, but uh, the Cowboys asked too much of him. I think he can come back. I I don't see why he wouldn't. He's probably going to sign a minimum type of deal. So if we're talking about an MSB contract, sure, why not? And Dalton Schultz, I don't know if you disagree, Calvin. I think think the Dalton Schultz era is over. Yeah, I think so. Um, If they franchise him again, it's about $13 million, if I'm correct. 
It's too late because they've already franchised Pollard. Right, yeah. right. They've already franchised Pollard, so that's not going to happen. So if I'm Dalton Schultz, I go, well, if the franchise tag was $13 million, that's that's what the average salary is I'm expecting. And I don't think Jerry Jones wants to pay Dalton Schultz on the average salary of $13 million, correct? You're you're being perplexed now as, I, as I'm talking about Dalton Schultz. No, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Your eyes were a, little, were a little twitchy there, and I wasn't sure – if you were disagreeing with the thirteen million, that that's what Schultz was looking for. That's all. Oh no, no, yeah, I think he was. I think he's probably asking for a little more than thirteen million. And I think when you look at the when you look at the tight end market, he has every reason to ask for a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the, the Cowboys. Uh, you know, there was a time to re-sign Dalton Schultz before the tight end market got crazy, and it was probably a couple years ago. And at this point, mm-hmm. they think he's a really nice weapon, a really solid weapon, someone who means a whole lot to Dak Prescott. He's one of those favorite weapons, but. It's just the price tag, and I think the Cowboys probably look at a really, really deep tight end class in the draft and think to themselves, you know what, we might just be better uh, addressing the position there rather than pay that much money for Schultz. All right, there are two offensive linemen, and I think we're going to agree on these two guys. Connor McGovern and Jason Peters will become unrestricted free agents. Peters was signed as a, as, as a help, as a mentor, as a swing tackle, uh, when Tyron Smith was injured, and you know he looked like he was seventy five years old, but he was good to have in in the meeting rooms. Conor McGovern, I, I kind of like Conor McGovern, maybe the veteran minimum for for a man of his ilk, unless the Cowboys um, believe uh, they can get something better at his position. But uh, I think Peters is gone. I think you bring Conor McGovern back. Jeez, nobody send this audio to Joel Siegel, Connor McGovern's agent. You're talking about Connor McGovern getting a, a minimum salary <laughs> benefit deal going into his fifth season? Unbelievable. I mean, you look I'll at the call con- Joel. I call him. Look, I'll look, call look him. at the contract that Connor Williams got last year. I mean, somebody's going to want to pay Connor McGovern more than than the vet minimum, and and I think the Cowboys are are one of those teams. So I, I think so. it, I think they want to bring Connor McGovern back. He means a lot to uh, a number of things that the Cowboys offense does, not just left guard, but he can be an auxiliary type player for you. We saw a little bit more positional versatility, his ability to play center. So I think the Cowboys do want Connor McGovern back. And, you know, Jason Peters, we can't say enough about what he meant to Tyler Smith's development. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had this conversation last year. I I felt that the most impactful free agent, this is really before Jason Peters really got on the field a whole lot, but the most impactful free agent was Jason Peters because of how vocal and just hands-on he was toward Tyler Smith. So uh, I, I think I could see both players back, quite frankly. Uh, but I really? would say, but, but, yeah. Uh, but mm, given I don't know about but, that, but given Peters' age, uh, I'm just not ruling it out. But but given Peters' age, I, I think McGovern is is more likely to be back, but the price tag will be more expensive than it would be for Peters. Before we get to the defense, I will say that at tackle with with Terrence Steele coming off the torn ACL, uh, Tyler Smith and Tyron Smith. Those are three tackles right there. And and Josh Ball is somebody that the Cowboys are expecting to take the the next jump in his development. I I just don't see room for for Jason Peters in in any scenario. But, you know, you you never know. I think Josh Ball, you're going to see a lot more at guard. Uh, He's he's quietly – he was quietly practicing there during the season, yeah. So I think you're going to see Josh Ball at guard, 
Um, I think Tyler Smith is as a left tackle. Tyron is a right. And then we'll see with, with Steele. Uh, you know, it's coming off the ACL. So um, I, I think that'll just kind of play itself out. It might. It might. Now, there are three defensive linemen, and I don't think any of these guys are coming back. Dante Fowler, Jonathan Hankins, and Carlos Watkins, all unrestricted guys. I can't – and I don't see any scenario where you bring them back. The Cowboys have to upgrade the defensive line. I'm not talking about the edge rushers. I'm talking about the tackles. And these three guys – and I like Carlos. I thought we saw some good things there at times. But it's either – you, you got to get a little bit younger – you got to spend some money at this position, and I wouldn't spend any money on any of those three guys. Of course, Dante is a, is a edge rusher, and I thought he was fine at times. He's a nice guy, but I, <laughs> I, I'm moving on. <laughs> he gets your Mr. Congeniality Award. I, I, I happen to think Carlos Watkins is a, is a pretty damn good football player on, against mm, the run. That's a strong word there. Strong yeah, word. I think I think I think is a really. I think he got a lot better last season than he did his first season in Dallas. I don't know. I know. He started the year on the Cowboys practice squad, but when he was there, there, there were some teams around the league that were sniffing around. So I think he's going to have a market. I think, I think there will be some competition, but I think the Cowboys want Carlos Watkins back to build off of what he showed in 2022. Hankins, someone they added in October around the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about a one-year minimum deal. So to have a guy who's really astute in terms of your interior line your interior run defense guy really understands his keys a veteran in that room i don't know i i think i mean it sounds like i want to bring everybody back but if we're talking like these minimum but if we're talking about these minimum type deals and we're talking about the depth of your football team i don't see a lot of harm in in that and fowler fowler was it's he probably should have seen more snaps but i I know the cowboys want to give sam williams a lot more run Mm -hmm. in 2023 they're excited about that potential second year jump there's a reason why you draft people, right? Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how that shakes out with Fowler and what his market is, but he was pretty damn cheap last year too, so I don't know if I'd roll anything out with all three of those guys. I, I would say goodbye. Now, let's let's go to linebackers. Uh, Anthony Barr, yes, sir. Anthony Barr, Luke Gifford, and Leighton Vanderish are your unrestricted guys. Uh, I'm going to let you go first on, all, on those three gentlemen. Anthony Barr, if he was to return to the Cowboys – I don't think he's going to return to the Cowboys, but if he was, he it'll probably happen after the draft. I, based on what I gathered at the Combine, this is not someone who is in a real rush to identify his next NFL home. And if you recall, he didn't sign with the Cowboys until training camp last year. So I think his mm-hmm. timeline looks a lot different than a lot of these players that we're discussing, uh, you know, their timeline. So uh, Luke Gifford, he is a core special teamer. If there's an NFL team out there who believes that he is more and will genuinely give him that opportunity to, to demonstrate that, then he's gone. But if it's going to be what we've kind of come to think it's going to be, which is Cowboys value him, they want him in that role and maybe believe that he could, you know, there's an opportunity for him to grow or maybe they sell him on that. Uh, I think I think Luke Gifford is back and under a very low-cost type of deal. Leighton Van Der Esch, I don't know if he's coming back. I would say, in fact, it's more likely than not that he isn't coming back. I hope it, for his sake that he's not coming back, which would mean that there's a team out there who wants to pay him uh, more money than the Cowboys are, are prepared to do. Uh, you know, last year his market wasn't that strong and it led to him to come back to Dallas this year. I think based on what he showed last season, there's no doubt he deserves for there to be a stronger market this time, which would point him out of Dallas someplace else. I would say 
Barr is gone. I'm with you on Luke Gifford. I mean, you can't have enough core special teams guys. I think Luke Gifford. I remember mm-hmm. when he got when he got to the when he first got here. Um, I, I've always liked what he could do. I mean, he's he's just you're right when you talk about depth. That's Luke Gifford, especially at a high end when you can put him at linebacker in a pinch, and he's one of your core special teams guys, Mr. Vanderish. Um, I think he has a market for himself, and obviously the money is a little bit too high for Dallas. Um, his health has been an issue for him over the last couple of years. I think this past year, you know, look, it, it is what it is with that neck. But I think he's proven over the last year and a half, probably two years, really, two full years, that he could play through these things, and he's good. Cowboys got some young guys at that position. Um, they got Damone Clark. They were waiting for Debril Cox to recover from that torn ACL, which seems to be 20 years ago. But, you know, I was talking to Will McClay at the Senior Bowl, and he was like, Debril Cox should be making the next jump after the torn ACL. So it's probably it's probably time to get a little bit younger at that position. I thought Vanderbilt had a really nice season. Probably doesn't get enough credit for the type of season he had, but it, it, I think it's just time to move on. Oh, boy, this is a big one, the secondary. Okay, I think we're going to be – this might be a steel cage match between me and you. <laughs> All right. We got Anthony Brown. We got C.J. Goodwin and Donovan Wilson. Those are our unrestricted free agents. On the count of three, let's say which of those three players the Cowboys most want back. All right. Are you ready? All right. One, One two, two, three. three. Donovan Wilson. C.J. Goodwin. What? First of all, we were not in sync whatsoever there, uh, at least the way I heard it. Uh, <laughs> let's be cl- I, 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 is that a serious answer? Because very clearly the Cowboys want Donovan Will. He's like probably top of their list right now in terms of impending free agents that they want back and are prepared to go get. They want him back, but they don't want to pay what, what he's expecting, so he's gone. That's, that's, and I understand what you're saying. Separate, con- separate conversation. Well, if you want someone, you pay him. So they don't want him. Who would the Cowboys rather have on their roster in 2023, Donovan Wilson or C.J. Goodwin? They would rather have Donovan Wilson, but they don't want to pay Donovan. Uh, Okay, that's fine, but they don't want to pay Donovan Wilson what he's looking for, and that's the problem. So either you want me or you don't, and and they don't want him. C.J. Goodwin falls in the category of Luke Gifford, core Mm -hmm. special teams guy. He's a mentor to some of the young kids on this team, so he's coming back. Uh, I would love to bring Anthony Brown back because of the uncertainty at corner after Trayvon Diggs and Deron Bland and Jordan Lewis. However, Donovan Wilson is gone. They don't want to pay him. So if you want somebody, you pay him. You, you know what I'm saying? Me, me and you are married, right? So when, when we when we got engaged... This is, this is Texas, <laughs> Calvin, but keep going. Okay, okay. When, when, when we got engaged... If we wanted the women to marry us, we made sure we got them a ring. We got, you know, we we asked for their hand in marriage with their dads what, or significant others. So we proved to our women that we cared about them. So we got a ring, and they said yes. If the Cowboys cared enough about Donovan Wilson, they would say we will pay you what you're looking for, and that's not something they want to do. I thought you were saying we, you and I were married to each other. No. I was saying married, like, you know, like to our wives. 
Have you been drinking on the job? No, but <laughs> I thought I was going to pour some some champagne the way you're talking. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay, well, I think we've established the uh, the issue here for, for the Cowboys with Donovan Wilson. Signability is an issue. Uh, you know, with with Anthony Brown, he's coming off of an Achilles, and mm-hmm. that just really clouds his future. Obviously, it, it takes a lot of the air of whatever he was going to earn in March. Uh, we'll see whenever it is that he signs. He might not be a guy who signs right away, mm-hmm. but the Cowboys seem prepared to move forward with Deron Bland as their starter opposite Trayvon Diggs. They really, really are high on Deron Bland. Oh, yeah. I think we all like uh, Deron Bland. He came out of nowhere. It was interesting because Mike McCarthy has said repeatedly he felt during the offseason program after Deron Bland was drafted that he had a little something. You know, he, 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 he acted like he belonged. He had a little moxie to him. He had a little swag to him. And, and the Cowboys liked that. The, the, the stage wasn't too big for him. And, and I think that was the key to him succeeding uh, this past season. Yeah, shout out to uh, Will McClay for that pick, as well as DB coach Al Harris. Harris, I've been told, he had Deron Bland as a number five, one of the top five cornerbacks in the entire draft. That's how high the Cowboys were on Bland. I think Al Harris needs to be drug tested. We had him as the fifth best corner in the draft. Top, top five. Might have been higher than five. Yeah. Enough contact Roger Goodell about that. Okay, let's go to special teams. I think I know one guy who's not coming back. So we got three special teams guys who are unrestricted. Brett Maher, really Brett Maher, and the two deep snappers, Jake McQuaid and Matt Overton. McQuaid was hurt. Uh, He's highly regarded by a special teams coach, um, uh, John Fossil. So let's see if he bring him back. Michael, what do you think? I think I – so Maher's not coming back. Um, That ship has sailed. Yeah, I think you know, it, 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 he was such a great story for so long, and then uh, the way that things ended in, in the postseason, it's just uh, it seems like the team is is moving forward. At long snapper, I think I would move forward there too. I thought Matt Overton uh, did a really solid job overall, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but Jake McQuaid before the injury, I thought he really struggled. You remember back in training camp, it, the kickers were a problem, you know, mm-hmm. in, in that battle the Cowboys had. But so was the snapping in terms of that operation, and so also, okay. Yeah, and, and, and you know, credit to Overton for the way he stepped in as a veteran off the street, uh, was able to kind of settle down that position. It was an early lapse there, but overall they ironed it out. It was a pretty good operation for the regular season, but, you know, maybe Overton's back, but I could see the Cowboys just press and reset here. Okay, maybe so. I mean, I think a couple of months ago I had kind of bashed special teams as a topic in my own lexicon, but uh, for, the, for the purpose of this exercise, I agree Brett Maher is gone. Um, you got to be kind of like starting over there at the kicker position, something Jerry Jones had mentioned at the senior bowl. Um, McQuaid and Overton, uh, can you afford to bring them both back and have a competition with deep snapper? No. no. Okay. So you got to flip a coin and say, Matt Overton, I go with you there. Um, and you're right. He came in after uh, Jake got hurt and I thought he was solid. Um, you don't notice these guys. And we're talking about the deep snapper position. You really don't notice them until they make a mistake in, in reality. And and when there's a missed kick, you look at the the operation. Did, was it you know was the snap a little too fast? Did he get it down? All those kinds of things. But I thought Overton was fine. Yeah, coming up. Yeah, he was fine. Yeah. Is that nineteen? Is that nineteen? That was a lot. Did we get make it through. Yeah, we made it, baby. We made it. Oh boy. 
boy. All right. Well, I need a break. I'm going to let you take over here. <laughs> Up next, Bo Marchanti, owner of collegepro.com, talks draft with Calvin on Sports Day Cowboys. You have a three-year plan and a 30-year plan. At Texas Capital Bank, we've transformed our bank to offer solutions that will grow with you. From enhanced treasury management and corporate banking to personal banking and wealth management, we're dedicated to delivering the full-service support you need to secure the growth and success of your business. All from a full-service financial firm founded and headquartered in Dallas, Texas. Texas Capital Bank. Member FDIC. TexasCapitalBank.com. Sports Day Cowboys podcast is continuing without our boy Michael Gelkin. He's on a special assignment doing this interview, but it's okay because I've known Bo Marchanti, who is the founder and owner of college2pro.com. I've known him for about, I don't know, Bo, 20 years maybe. We first met at the Senior Bowl back in maybe 2006, maybe 2007. But Bo has been a regional scout in the CFL for Winnipeg Blue Bombers. There's a fantastic mock drafts and there's a lot of great things and just analyzing college players he's worked for nfl draft bible um, he's worked for cbs sports he's worked for lindy's nfl draft magazine he's a proud member of the pro football writers association of america and he is with us bo marchante what's up bo calvin that's a hell of an intro i appreciate that man i, I appreciate you i appreciate you um before we go into the cowboys and what we think they should do in this draft what should the bears do at number one i mean what, what, what do you think they should do should they they got a quarterback right and or we think they have a quarterback and there's a some pretty good quarterbacks in the first round what should the bears do uh you know calvin that's an interesting question you know i mean luke getsy their offensive coordinator you know he spent a couple seasons with justin fields getting acclimated to what the former buckeye can do I'm not exactly sold on fields. Uh, I think there's a lot mm. of limitations. We saw that in the Bears passing game last season where there was just some, uh, you know, miscalculations and throws that are open targets, uh, not really contested passes where you think these passes should land. Um, the only thing I can think of is, you know, you do have a, you know, you got C.J. Stroud, another Buckeye. You have Bryce Young, who I really think uh, knocked it out of the ballpark in terms of, you uh, is, you know, everything above the shoulders type mentality that he brought to the combine, at least to the people that I spoke to at the next level. Uh, remember back in 2018, the Cardinals moved up from 15 to take Josh Rosen at 10. One year later, mm -hmm. they took Kyler Murley. And as you know, the, the NFL is a different beast now. Uh, teams aren't, you know, I, I, the big contracts, the second contracts are big. But we know teams can have the maneuverability that they didn't have years ago with the big rookie contracts. So, it seems at this point the Bears are, I want to say, sold on the idea of keeping fields, but it seems like they're not leaning towards the idea of moving off from fields and, you know, going in another direction. But I think this is a tricky spot, Calvin, because you are sitting with the first pick. You have some dynamic prospects mm -hmm. at that quarterback position. And if you if fields doesn't miss out and a Stroud or, uh, you know, uh, a Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson or Will Levis – break out, they're going to look very, very foolish. There's a running back from the University of Texas, Bijan Robinson, huh. and people have been, have been talking about he's the next coming of Jim Brown and Walter Payton and, and all these kinds of things. And the way running backs are viewed in the National Football League, is it worth 
a team to draft Bijan Robinson in the top ten? I mean, I don't know if if there are as much as these teams need quarterbacks. I don't know if they need running backs like that. So is is BJ Robinson a first round pick? I think he is, but does, is he a top ten pick? I don't know. I think he's worthy of a top ten pick. If that actually happens on draft night, it's a whole nother question. But I think in terms of a prospect, he's he's definitely in that realm of top five, top ten. Uh, I, you know, it's all in the eye of the beholder. You know, the the Pittsburgh Steelers a couple years ago took Najee Harris when they had other needs, and they could have took a, a you know a, a guy lower in the draft. Um, and then you look at the 49ers who made a trade in season last year for the a guy named Christian McCaffrey. He's a dynamic player. So there are certain individuals where you're that good, you're that special, you become a difference maker. We see it with Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans. There are certain individuals at every position, but in terms of that running back position. I think Bajon Robinson, again, going off of how we perceive him to be today and moving forward, mm-hmm. you know, you could look at him at that Zeke Elliott, uh, Leonard Fournette type role where they go very, very high in the draft and, and they can benefit a team that utilizes them like that. My boy from Texas Tech, uh, Tyree Wilson, is just this dynamic player. I think he's a top 10 player, right? Oh, he's a top 10 player. And, you know, we have, he has the fractured foot. Hopefully he'll be ready to go during his pro day. So, you know, I mean, Combines was just basically metal, medical and allowing teams to get in to know him. But I think right now, if the draft was going to be held in Kansas City later this evening, uh, I, think, mm-hmm. I think Wilson would be a guy that goes in the top 10. I could be wrong, but if I was mm-hmm. betting, if I was betting that, I would bet he goes inside the top 10. I think the key is the foot and whether or not right. if you draft him, he'll be ready to go for training camp, I guess. Yeah, I think, well, pro day is what they're saying. So I think if he's ready for pro day, he should be ready to go for camp. And if not, he'll definitely be ready for training camp. All right, let's, let's talk about the Dallas football Cowboys here. Um, they've, they've always got needs, uh, and they're in the 20s. They're picking 26 uh, officially, really 27, but Miami doesn't have their pick, so it's crazy. But they're 26. What do you think Dallas should do? Uh, you don't have to give me names. You can just tell me positions. What, what do you think? What should Jerry Jones, Will McClay, <laughs> and, and, and the rest of those Cracker Jack front office types do with, with this pick? You know, well, Cal- the Cowboys draft well. I think that's the one thing Jerry Jones and company do. I mean, you look at especially the top, their top picks. Very rarely do you see a guy that they miss on. So when they swing, they usually connect. I don't, I, you know, we know Tony Pollard's the franchise guy. You know, we knew Zeke's in the twilight of his career, and if he'll be back, you would know better than I where that's going to lead. So, you know, I look at the secondary. I think you could look at guys that like Joey Porter out of Penn State, um, Deontay Banks out of Maryland. I think those are guys that are going to be hovering around where they pick. And you could obviously look at the receiver position. A couple of years ago, they shocked everybody when they took CeeDee Lamb. But I, I think uh, with the absence of Dalton Schultz, I assume that they're not going to be able to resign him. This is a deep tight end class. So they're going to have plenty of tight ends to choose from, elite tight end prospects. So I think DB, wide receiver, and then those elite tight ends. But on the flip side, that tight ends class is so deep that they don't necessarily have to you know, go to the well in the first round. They can day, wait till day two on Friday night to address it in the second, third rounds. But I think DB, tight end, receiver would be the avenues in terms of talent as well. Do you think the kid from Ohio State who's from uh, Rockwall, it will, you think that he will be there – for the Cowboys, we talk about Jackson Smith Enigma. Um, I don't know if that's how you say his last name. Yeah. But uh, but but do you think he'll be there at twenty six? Because a lot of people like yeah. this kid. 
Yeah, you know, going into last year, I mean, he was projected to be a top five prospect. So, uh, you know, he didn't have the, the final year at Ohio State that would have kept him in that top five realm, but that was his projection. I think right now, as of today, you look at him as the number one receiver. I know you got the kid from Minnesota. You got Jordan Addison also from uh, USC. But I, I thought Jordan Addison was the number one guy. Yeah, he, he's a good kid. I mean, you know what? I mean, I cover pit football, so I've seen Addison since day one. I mean, he's an electric-type electric, electric type player. Uh, you know, he's he's quick. He's, he's just a smooth runner. He's just a lot. I mean, that's why he's a first-round prospect. Uh, I, I don't know if Jackson will make it. I, I, I think he's the first receiver off the board, and if that's the case, I would be very reluctant to think that the first receiver comes off the board at 26. And I, I guess the only other way that would happen is if Dallas elects – to move up, but I don't really think they would waste draft capital. I should say waste, but I don't think they would use draft capital to move up to take the likes of a Jackson when, you know, you, you know what, you got Jalen uh, Wyatt from Tennessee, you got Jordan Addison, uh, and the Quentin kid from Minnesota. The interesting is that the last couple of years, the Cowboys, they have drafted best man available. Like they get Micah Parsons only because they couldn't get one of the cornerbacks. So they traded with Philly, they moved down and then, they, and then, Oh my gosh, here's Micah Parsons sitting right in their lap. You know, Tyler Smith from Tulsa. He happens to just, I don't know. I wouldn't even say fall to where he went. I mean, maybe that's where he was supposed to go. Um, maybe some teams had a second round grade on him. I thought Dallas had a first round grade on him, but the draft is kind of luck, right? Like you talked about CD lamb. They got, they kind of lucked into that. You know, they kind of lucked into getting Trayvon Diggs early in the second round. You know, so some of this has got to be luck. No? Well, it is luck because, you know, NFL teams, I think they have a pretty idea, good idea where guys are going to, you know, go. They have their mock drafts and they do yeah. their boards and they're a couple of days prep. But, you know, it's unpredictable and it's unknown. You know, at the time, you know, C.D. Lamb was not supposed to be the guy, you know. I mean, they had other needs, but, you know, it looked just like a dynamic mm-hmm. fit in terms of, the way we were headed at the time, you know, you looked at the Chiefs and the Rams, all that offensive firepower, and you're like, you know what? And no, no pun intended, but if you want to keep up with the Joneses, kind of, you had to have firepower, and that was a nice arsenal. You know, you had you had Cooper, and you had Lamb, you had Gallup, and you know, I, I think they have to kind of stick to that dynamic. I think Dak's at his best, and probably all quarterbacks are at their best when they have weapons. And I think, uh, you know, with the deficiency of Schultz, I assume not being there via free agency. No more Cooper, uh, possibly no more Zeke. Just to, you know, I know Zeke gets a lot of, uh, you know, criticism. But, I mean, I, I still think, I mean, in terms of just a workhorse, physical force, downhill bruiser, I mean, he's going to wear down that defense. And a guy like him does make a Tony Pollard that much more beneficial. So, you know, without a Zeke and Tony by himself, it, I, I, I'm not saying Tony's going to suffer by any I mean, The kid's dynamic. Right, right. right. You know, those – you know, if you have a Mike Tyson beating the guy up before you have to fight him, it's going to be a lot easier than me doing it. That's all I'm saying. So it's just a guy like that. It's You know, the yards per carry isn't dynamic, but it's there. The Cowboys need to draft a running back, which I think they need to. And I don't know if the value in getting a running back is better in day three or you just get him when you get him in, in, in the second and third round. What do you? Th- I mean, what's the? what do you think the philosophy should be in drafting a running back if you don't get a top-tier guy in the first round? Yeah, well, I think the running back position is the one position that we it seems like teams can find late. And I know they push them down the board, so that coincides with that factor. But, you know, you look at Zach Charbonneau out of UCLA. I mean, he should be a day two guy, but it's not a guarantee. Uh, and it's not it's not an overabundant class in terms of running backs where, you know, you're going to you know scurry to grab some of these guys. But, 
you know, uh, the Cowboys took Zeke Elliott in round one. They took Julius Jones in round one. They took Felix uh, Jones in round one. So they have a history of going to the well. I mean, I wouldn't rule Bajon Robinson. I don't think he ever makes it to 26. But if it happens, and you said, you know, the Cowboys mantra is kind of, hey, best available, they're sitting there at 26, and it would happen. I tell you right now, I would say the card's coming in with Bajon Robinson's name. Again, far-fetched, outlandish idea to think, but we've seen a lot more unpredictable (laughs) things happen on draft night. So here, what, sitting on March 8th, I can't rule anything out. And I can't rule the Cowboys out for a running back in the first round, even with Tony Pollard. Because, like I said, it's just, you know, you, you always think you have depth until you don't have it anymore. So you, know, you can't have ever have enough good talent. I got a quick question about the Senior Bowl and the East-West Shrine game. Because you, you're a little more plugged in than I am. It seems as if there's a, a competition now between those two games. You know, um, it seems as the, the East-West Shrine game, which is played in Vegas, is trying to to get in a little territory here and and knock off the senior bowl, which is played in Mobile, Alabama. Now, if you had to say to a travel agent, let me see, what's a better city, Las Vegas, Nevada, or Mobile, Alabama? I'm not sure where to go. Help me out here. Help, help our listeners understand the off-season dynamics of what's going on with these all-star games for these college prospects. Well, Calvin, you hit the, you hit the nail on the head. There is a arms race currently going on between the East Rest Shrine Bowl and the Reese Senior Bowl. It's, it's evident, and it's mm. you can almost say it's out in the open. It's nothing the Shrine Bowl is hiding behind. They want to become the premier all-star game. Um, and, and they've had several venues across the country over the years, uh, but the last venue was in St. Pete's, Florida, off-season on the beach. These kids were practicing at high school stadiums, high school fields, and now they said, you know what, we're going to pull this thing out, and we're going to arrive at it. Uh, you know, Las Vegas, these kids are practicing in an elite facility on the campus of UNLV. And, uh, and then they get to play and also practice at Allegiant Stadium. So you're talking about, you know, uh, you know, the Senior Bowl is countered. They used to play at Lad Peoples, a kind of an older stadium, downtown Mobile. Now they moved it out to uh, mm-hmm. S- South Alabama Stadium. Great facility, but you're not talking Allegiant Stadium and you're not talking Vegas. For the kids, it's an ideal situation. Um, it, you know, it allows, you know, what young man that's never been out West have the opportunity to go to Vegas, play in a you know, professional stadium. Because even if you're invited to these games, it doesn't mean you're necessarily going to get drafted or be in camp. I mean, nothing's a guarantee, even right. if you're that stage. Mm-hmm. So it, it's an arms race. And um, usually these games held, the, they, you know, they would respect each other in terms of, you know, hypothetically say, hey, next Monday's the Reese Senior Bowl or vice versa. It would have been the you know, Shrine Bowls next week, the week after would be the senior bowl that way all the nfl all the media everybody could attend one event and now uh the, you know the shrine bowl is kind of eating into half of that uh week and, and it made it tough for us I, you know i think we flew out to vegas you know on saturday spent a couple days a couple practices and then we we're straight off the mobile so you, you don't miss that so mm. they're making it tricky but again it's an arms race it's it's full war and the shrine hang they kind of have the backing of the nfl uh but on the media side and I don't know how much time we have here. I think on the media side, uh, the agent side, the NFL community, a guy like yourself, I'm going to see you in Mobile, Alabama. There's only so many spots we can go. When you take the Shrine game to Las Vegas, you know, you're sitting there in any hotel, any casino, walking down the streets. I'd say it's less than 1% of anybody who knows what the Shrine game is or they care about it. You know, mom and dad come mm-hmm. in at the end of the week to watch their son. 
Uh, other than that, you know, it's agents, media, financial guys, everybody under that, I like to say, NFL umbrella, but it gets swallowed up in Vegas. But it's a great venue for the kids, and, and I'm happy. Uh, Eric Galco has taken over. I thought he's done a tremendous job in terms of really just, uh, you know, bridging the gap between what the media side needs that we can get as much uh, we could is done and allowing the players to have as much exposure to the NFL teams and the relaxation that they need in such an important week. That was, I'm glad you, you explained that to, to our people because a lot of this information that we gather, not only does it come from the combine, it comes from the Senior Bowl and even the East-West Shrine game. Uh, one last thing before we let you go, because I know you're a busy man watching tape and, and, and calling people and texting people. I did a mock draft. I do about four or five of them at this point you know, when the season's over, the regular season. And I had mocked the Cowboys to take Osiris Torrance. He's a guard from Florida. I want you to grade that pick. Because I, I don't know if he's a first-round guy, but I've seen some other mocks. I kind of like him. He's a big guy. You put him right there, left guard. What do you think about that kid? No, it's a good pick. Oh, man, I, I think it's a little bit of a reach. A little bit of a reach. Mm. I think you could get him a little later. So, I mean, maybe drop down a few slots. Uh, yeah, But, hey, Calvin, it doesn't mean I'm right. So, you know, draft night, call me up and go, Bo, I had you on my show. You're supposed to be a draft guru. You didn't even know what you are talking about. So, hey, uh, listen, I'm still – I, I would have gave up so much draft capital for Paxton Lynch. On the vice versa, um, actually, draft night, I got kicked off the show during the radio. The guy the guy basically kicked me off. He, he asked me man, where, where Manziel was going. I said, I don't think Manziel goes in the top 15. And he got so angry, Calvin. Hey. He was like, yeah. He, he basically kind of – they hung me up and he never called me back. I'm like, I, you know. I, but, no, it's a good pick. I, I just think, you know uh, – I think this. I just think there'll be some other guys available, like Darnell Wright from Tennessee. I think he's going to be a guy that's right there, and you know, he might go a little higher, but I think he'd be a gift mm-hmm. for the you know, the Cowboys right there. You got a. I don't think Paris Johnson, the Ohio State kid, is going to be there either. He's going to be a, probably a top, you know, fifteen no. guy himself. But it's not a bad pick by any stretch. To put it this way, I mean, you're not doing one of them crazy Oakland Raider picks where you're just like, you know. You know, you're not saying uh, some, you know, fringe undrafted priority free agent is going to be uh, selected by the Cowboys in Kansas City on day one. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Bo Marchanti, who is the, the founder, the owner, he's running things at college2pro.com. One of our draft gurus, Bo, I appreciate you joining us on our Sports Day Cowboys podcast. Thank you, sir. Calvin, it was a pleasure. And, hey, anytime you want me to come back, I'd love to talk draft or Cowboys, my friend. Hey, we'll do that. Coming up next. Michael Gilkin and I, we talk about the next Cowboy that should either get a big contract or be cut. We're going to be a GM for a day. Hey, listeners. This is Damon Marks. I'm the Cowboys editor for the Dallas Morning News. That includes the Sports Day Cowboys podcast that you're listening to right now. What I love about this beat is the nonstop news cycle that is the Dallas Cowboys. But beyond that daily adrenaline rush, Being able to reveal the human side of the players you watch on TV is a privilege. Calvin and Michael talk to these players each week to bring you the -the behind-the-scenes stories that you can't get anywhere else. If you want to support this good work, it's easy. Just subscribe to the Dallas Morning News and become a member. You'll find a special offer just for listeners at dallasnews.com slash listen. Welcome back to Sports Day Cowboys. Nice to be back on the program. Thanks for having me, Calvin. Since we, apparently you're talking about us being married earlier in the show, let's let's do a little bit of role play, keep it spicy. 
if you were the Cowboys general manager for a day, if you were Jerry Jones for a day, what roster move do you make? I know what I would do. I don't know if I, you want me to go first. You want to go first, however you want to do it, Calvin. But what, what's, your, what's your one move if you're GM for a day? If I'm GM for the day, I say forget loyalty. I cut Ezekiel Elliott immediately. We don't want a pay cut. We're not going to put your name up in the ring of honor. It's thank you for your service. And we'll see you when we see you. And cut him. Move on. You got Tony Pollard. You got Malik Davis. We'll draft a running back in day two or possibly early in day three. And you got Rico Dow also coming back. And keep it moving. At some point, as a general manager of this football team, and this is obviously Jerry Jones, you got to say goodbye to your veterans. And it's very difficult. We get it. You, these guys have been loyal to you. You've had to, to draft and develop program with Zeke. He held out, got his money, the whole deal. But you know what? It's time to go. You got to move on. And I'm cutting Ezekiel Elliott today. Is it a post-June 1st cut or just a straight cut? Get him out of here. No, of course. You have to make it a post-June 1st cut because you want as much space as possible for a potential move you might make down the line, which is where you come in. Oh, that is a perfect setup. Thank you so much, Calvin. No, no not to be not to be trite here, but <laughs> I'm gonna I'm <laughs> but I'm gonna go long. I'm going to lock up Terrence Steele, the right tackle of the future. I'm signing him to a six-year, ninety million dollar extension. Woo. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of years, but that's what the Cowboys like to do. They gave an eight-year contract to Tyron Smith. They gave a six-year contract to both Travis Frederick and Zach Martin. When you're doing six-year contracts, and by the way, the Cowboys gave a six-year contract to your, the guy you just released, Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you're going to do a six-year type of contract, it makes a whole lot more sense to do it to an offensive lineman where you see guys having you know decade-old, decade-long careers as opposed to a running back, you know, giving that contract to, to that player just didn't make a whole lot of sense from a positional value standpoint, positional longevity standpoint. Terrence Steele, yeah, he's coming off the torn ACL. That makes it even that much better of a time to do this deal because what I've heard is that the Cowboys have had a lot of big men over the course of their history go through an ACL recovery. And of all those offensive and defensive linemen who have done that ACL repair and ACL rehab, none of them have been further along this soon than Terrence Steele is right now. His rehab is going, Calvin, that well. So I'm going to go ahead and and lock him in long term. I love his work ethic. I love the maturity that he has shown in terms of just getting better. I I think he is so much of what the Cowboys want to be in terms of the run game. And so you have Tyler Smith at left tackle and you have Tyron Smith at right tackle. That's your future. That's pretty damn good. You know, I agree. I, I, I like Terrence still being locked up. I don't know about six years. But when you talk about the offensive linemen that got those those contracts, you know, two of those guys are Hall of Famers, and Zach Martin and probably uh, Tyron Smith. Travis Frederick, I think, was probably one of the top five centers in the game before he retired for health reasons. Zeke Elliott had to hold out. He basically painted the Cowboys in a put, – put the Cowboys in a corner – and they had to give him that contract. So I, I don't know about six years for Terrence Steele or the $90 million, but he's definitely somebody that I would like to, to 
to extend long term. And and I agree with you. I'm not against taking care of Terrence Steele. He is definitely someone you want on your roster for down the line. How many how many years would you do uh, for Terrence Steele? Would you go four? Would you go Would you go five? I, I like a four year deal. I don't know about ninety million dollars, okay. but I, I like a four year deal. Yes. All right. So you and I had a bet during the season. <sighs> and as I right. <laughs> and uh, the bet was, yeah, it was you. You volunteered the bet. We were talking Kevontae Turpin. You said he wasn't going to have a single catch all season. I said he <laughs> would. You said I'll bet you a slice of pizza. He doesn't catch a ball all season. Uh, we call that a James Washington stat line. He ends up ca- <laughs> he, he ends up catching a pass, and so I got a pizza. I still haven't claimed my pizza, but let's let's go ahead and go down this road. All right, you say four years. I mm-hmm. say six years or longer. If it's mm-hmm. five, we'll call it a wash. Well, okay. let's say six. What's what's the wager? What, what what do I get when I win? What do you get? What, what tell me what you want? You you want a bracelet? You want a watch? You want uh, some new headphones? You want a sandwich? How, how about? Oh, whoa, 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 I got it! I got it! How about sushi on me? Uh, either in Oxnard if if the deal is done. When we're at camp. Oh, that's good. Or uh, somewhere on the road. Here's what I was thinking. Like, um, like I'll get a cheesesteak sub and you get sushi in Philly. You know, something like that. <laughs> but when we're on the road, we get expense our meals. So it's kind of, it kind of feels like an empty gesture where you're, you feel out the expense report instead of me filling out the expense report. Here's, <laughs> here's what I have in mind. Time is, time is, time is, you know, of an essence, especially, you know, first time dad coming up here in a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. I, I I really sometimes we get it's just a little inside football here, but inside the Cowboys workroom, we all have to transcribe, you know, a, a press conference. Uh, you know, we, we have to kind of get together and we have to transcribe. How about this? The loser has to do the other parts transcript for a week. No, that's just no, no. Oh, come on, that doesn't work for me. That doesn't work for me. All right, I'll take a salad. <laughs> No, I'm not getting you a salad. You got to get something better than that. All right, we'll, we will take a we'll, we'll take a request. If anyone who wants to get, hey, what what about those bowls that you like? Uh, like an ahi bowl. Ahi bowl, yeah, yeah. You can get that. You get we get that in Frisco at the Star. Like a poke bowl? No, what are you poke talking bowl. about? Poke bowl, yeah. Either one of those things. Yeah, sure. I'll take one of those. Take one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is that is that fair? Yeah, I mean, we don't even have to go over what you're going to win because I mean, four year contract. Come on. I want a cheesesteak sub in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You can, you can cash out me the money. I mean, <laughs> and I'll buy it. What is that place called that isn't very good? Gino's? Is that what it is? No, Gino's wasn't bad. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Look, look, I don't bash Philadelphia establishments because the, the people in Philly, they remember this stuff. I, I, no, there's, there's two places across the street from each other, and I think local Philadelphians will tell you they're both awful. Anyway. <laughs> I think this is a good place to lay it down. We'll let it, we'll let it play out. I don't know when Terrence Steele is going to get resigned. It could not might not be this off season, but I have a feeling it will be, and I have a feeling it'll be at least six years, probably six on the time. Yeah, sure. Well, that's all the time you've got for Sports Day Cowboys this week. Thank you so much for listening. The episode is produced by our boss, Damon Marks. You can find links to everything we do at dallasnews.com slash listen. And there, a special membership offer awaits just for listeners. If you want to check out Sports Day Cowboys, go to Apple or Spotify. And if you have any questions, you can ping us directly on Twitter at DMN underscore Cowboys. Or send a voice memo to DMN Cowboys at DallasNews.com. For the news, I'm Calvin Watkins. 
And I'm Michael Gelkin. We'll maybe see you soon. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.